Hi, I'm Dr. Divina Lopez, a board-certified pediatrician with over 10 years of experience in pediatrics, and you are listening to Dancing into Parenthood. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Dancing into Parenthood. Uh, today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Rosalia Rivera. Uh, I actually found her on Instagram. And like, I find so many people actually, you know, I, Insta Instagram has been great to me because I found a lot of great resources. And what she has done um, for consent parenting is totally amazing. Um, I think this is something that every single parent needs to hear um, because she talks about uncomfortable subjects and gives you the tools that you need in order to manage it with your child. In this day and age where we're so digital, especially um, with the pandemic, where we're actually, you know, unfortunately, children are on the internet more than they, they normally would be. I mean, even just for school alone, they have to be. Uh, so she has just so many resources. She has great advice. And the way she delivers it is just, I mean, perfect. And so when I found her, I was like, wow every single parent and i think every pediatrician needs to tell parents about you because what you do is a really very significant part of parenting um that doesn't get touched on enough and i i don't even think that myself as a pediatrician prior to seeing the stuff that you do um you know i even i felt very uncomfortable with it but now i feel more empowered to you know to speak to parents about it and so thank you so much, Rosalia, for coming on, for doing this podcast with me, even though I'm in my swimwear right now, I was telling her it's like 90 something degrees out here. And so I'm all natural today, guys, like you guys are so used to seeing me a whole nother way, but whatever it is what it is. So um, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast, because you have a very important message to deliver to parents. So please tell us like, how did you even come up with all of this? How did you get involved in this? She is a mother of three. Um, so I'm sure motherhood had a lot to do with it. Yes, yes, it did. Well, first of all, thank you for that amazing introduction. Um, I'm so glad that we connected on Instagram as well. It's been good to me as well, because I've been really um, meeting so many new parents who have been looking for this kind of information and um, also like you said, it isn't an uncomfortable topic. It shouldn't be. Unfortunately, we have this idea that it is, but it, once we step into talking to our kids, we realize it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I'm here to help, you know, empower, like you said, for parents to really feel like they can really step back into that power of, um, you know, how to educate your kids in a way that is going to give them the tools to feel empowered. And, and ultimately that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. So yeah, so thank you for inviting me. And uh, yeah, so I'm Rosalia Rivera and my platform is called Consent Parenting. And I use it, um, I use the online space uh, to teach parents. I specifically work with um, parents who are survivors of sexual trauma in childhood um, specifically, but this does apply really to all parents. 
Right. But the way that I teach it is um, through the lens of a survivor parent, because I'm a survivor myself. And um, when I started teaching um, my own children, when my oldest was five, which is almost four years ago now, Mm -hmm. um, I started like figuring out how do I educate my child because they were going to be going into kindergarten and they were going to be going to like a summer day camp. And it hit me that I had not taught him anything up to that point really about abuse prevention because, you know, I always had, I was, I was at home and I was, you know, I had babysitters or nannies that came to my house that I had Mm -hmm. vetted. And so, you know, there was, Mm -hmm. you know, my mom was always home. Like there was always someone that I could feel safe about. Right. Yeah. my child was going to start going out into the world, I realized, wait a minute, like I haven't done this. And I got mm-hmm. really paranoid. I got very anxious. Yes. I didn't really even know why, because I hadn't really confronted my own abuse when I was a child yet. So this was all coming to the surface. There was a lot of anxiety and yes. overwhelm and yes. stress. Yes. That's yeah. what happens when we push the, you know, when you suppress those things, then they come out, they come out eventually. I always tell people that like, yeah. you don't want to deal with it. Now it's going to come out in some other situation. So yeah, exactly. And so what I realized is, um, you know, I needed to educate myself. So I started looking for, um, you know, resources and and there's Mm -hmm. some great educators out there as well who are talking about abuse prevention. Uh, But mostly it's like, you know, nonprofits that have like a lot of sort of um, dismantle, like not dismantle, but like disorganized kind of resources. Like you can pull stuff here and there, but there wasn't like a place where it was like, here is what you need to do A to Z. Right. Right. And if you're at this age or stage, this is what you do. And there was also no one speaking to survivors. So I, I realized, um, very quickly that what I was doing, um, I needed to help other parents to Mm -hmm. do because Mm -hmm. I was successfully navigating it, I, I decided to um, step into my own healing journey and go to see therapists and figure out how to navigate this because it was triggering content. Um, but I knew that I had to do it if I wanted to break the cycle because my mom is also a survivor. And I realized yeah. what she didn't do was educate me because she didn't know or she didn't have the tools or she couldn't navigate the triggers. So um, yeah. A lot of the research that I started doing pointed to the fact that survivors are also at a higher rate. Um, mm-hmm. Their children are at a, are at a higher, rate higher rate because it's so hard for survivors to teach this. Yes. And I know that all parents find this hard to teach, you know, so I, yeah. I knew that this was um, a space that needed to be um, dealt with. Right. So right. that was where I decided a year ago, I created it as a business so that mm-hmm. I could start teaching courses and start guiding other parents to do this. Um, And it's been amazing because aside from seeing my own children obviously become empowered and use consent language and that I feel confident and safe that they are, you know, uh, aware and knowledgeable about Mm -hmm. what grooming is and all Mm -hmm. of these things that we need Mm -hmm. to teach. Um, And then to start see the results from other parents and how they're becoming empowered, like has just been an amazing journey. So I'm excited to continue doing it. Um, The community has been growing. Um, I now have a membership um, where parents, you know, month by month are getting educated and and have the resources and tools. So it's been amazing. and, And I'm just really grateful that this is being received so well. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Actually, it's it's really a beautiful story that you took your own trauma, right? And the time to to heal yourself from that and even looking at your parents because you know, I feel like even as I'm becoming older, I'm looking back at my parents and 
um, you know, just trying to figure out so many messy family things and you start looking at your parents at, as people, not as, you know, the way you saw them as a kid. Um, and being able to heal yourself, I think it helps to heal your parents as well. Mm -hmm. So going back like that is, I mean, that's beautiful. And that you took something that was considered such a trauma in your life and you were able to heal and then help other people heal. I think that's, that's just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'm happy that, that you were able to use that in such a positive way. Yeah, it's not, it's not, um, talked about enough, you know, and I think it's it's not, it's not. And you know, there's always that shame. People don't want to talk about subjects like this. And the more we keep quiet about it, the more power it has over us. And then when you're able to finally like talk about it and other people get to hear your story and it resonates with them and they are able to get over their own shame from it. Like that is, it's priceless for people. Like this is so important for us to start talking about these uncomfortable conversations because when you bring that healing into it and you're able to talk about it, it's no longer shameful and it's something that becomes easier to talk about and it's easier for people to heal from those sort of um, traumatic events in their life. Um, but you know, giving children tools to, to deal with, um, this sort of, especially the language of, you know, my body, the consent, um, uh, now, you know, my, since we've read that book, um, my son is always, you know, the boundaries and stuff like that. And please respect my boundaries. And, um, because even as a parent myself, it's just like, you know, you just want to, hug them and kiss them and do all of these things and you know you have to respect your children you really have to respect them whether they're your children or not like it's just not okay for you to think that you could go ahead and violate someone else's space you know um and that that is is pretty tough you know as they get older they don't want all of the the cuddles and stuff sometimes um but it's really important that we respect them in that way because we we are the first people that they are are comfortable enough with right and if we show them and empower them in that way then they can go ahead and feel comfortable doing it um in other situations yeah exactly exactly and we like you said because we are those first people in their life, we are giving them the examples of mm-hmm. how to interact and what's okay and what's not okay for them to accept as, as a, a safe interaction, right? Yes. Um, but what's, what I think a lot of parents don't realize is how prevalent abuse is. And that's one of the things that I'm always talking about on my platform is that we tend to think, oh, I'll teach about consent when my kids are older because that's when it applies. But it applies now so that we're setting those foundations of safety, but mm-hmm. then also teaching them how to respect the boundaries of others when they get older and are in their own relationships, right? right. So we, this is how we create consent culture. And I'm really, one of my biggest missions, besides just um, you know ending child sexual abuse, is to also create consent culture and to dismantle rape culture, which is the culture that we still currently live in. 
And right. that is why laws, you know, don't protect survivors and yeah. you know, don't do enough to bring justice. So there's a lot, you know, if, if we can start small, like as parents, we have so much power to change culture mm -hmm. starting at home. Um, that if we can start when our kids are really young, that becomes the norm and what they expect is that that boundary respect, you know, and, yeah. and to really understand what their rights are. So really we're talking about consent as a human right yeah. that we want them to understand is their right from birth and how it should be respected by others and how they should respect the rights of others. So um, on a deeper level, it, it comes down to that as well. But mm -hmm. on an external level, it's also about understanding that there is a huge risk factor because we don't talk about it, why it keeps happening, why mm -hmm. predators are still, mm -hmm. um, you know, these rates of abuse are on the rise and, right. and whether it's online or offline, um, we need to be talking about it. Yes, yes. And at what age do you suggest parents start having or, or teaching, giving their kids, you know, their tools um, to use? Because I know everything has to be at a certain stage and age appropriate so that they start learning little by little. And I think probably the younger, the better, because then you're making it normal. You're normalizing it. And I think when you normalize things, then it's not so bad. You know, when you wait until they're a little older and you try to teach them these things, it's like, you know, then it becomes a little more confusing. Yeah. Um, so when, when or how, you know, how young and when should parents really um, start teaching their children? Yeah. So I always say start now. It doesn't matter where you are. Mm -hmm. um, but the best time is to start from birth. Um, okay. The best time is to, to start when you are changing your baby and you're talking to them to explain what you're doing so that they get used to that uh, conversation. They get used to the communication of you telling them what your intention is of what you're going to do so that as they get older, that becomes the expectation and no right. one is going to just like handle them and then suddenly they'll know something is unsafe, right? Because right. that person didn't ask. Right. or something was uncomfortable because that's not how mom does it. So if we start from birth, we can do that. But typically, you know, most parents, when they start to think about this, it's usually at the age when their kids are going to start to go to daycare or they're going to go, you know, under the care of someone else. Right. So ideally, um, start as soon as your child is verbal, mm -hmm. once they can understand your, you know, once they can start to speak. And usually that's around the age when you're potty training, so that's mm -hmm. a perfect opportunity for yes. you to start talking about what private areas are, yes. um, the correct anatomical names so yes. that that helps Always. to identify if somebody touches them, where mm -hmm. exactly they can say that they were touched. Right. Um, so that's really the ideal age is to start, you know, pretty much as soon as they're verbal and as mm -hmm. soon as you're potty training, you can start mm -hmm. with some of those basics of body safety. And, you know, that includes privacy and private parts, touching what's unsafe and safe touch. And then you're going to build from there. But if you can at least start at, uh, at that age, then, you know, you're, you're off to a good start. Okay. All right. And make sure that it's ongoing. Like, don't say, okay, you know, I taught that for a bit. We'll wait, you know, a couple of years. And right. it has to be like part of your parenting style. It does. It does. Um, yeah, I think, you know, like I said, in order to normalize it, then you have to have these conversations um, frequently. Actually, um, you know, when you're saying like with the diaper changes and stuff like that, are you saying like, you know, we're going to change your diaper now. This is what I'm going to do. Is that the sort of language yeah. that, that you mean by doing that? 
Yes. Wow. And I, even I even, like didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. you can even, because you're also using language at that point to say what those body parts are, right? Yes. Yes. In your penis now, or I'm going to clean your vulva. So mm -hmm. they're starting to learn that language. Yes. Early, really yes. early. So by the yeah. time you're potty training, they already may know that, you know, right. and you also always, um, you know, they get used to you communicating what that physical interaction is going to be. So I'm going to change you. I'm going to, you know, and, or we're going to get dressed now. I'm going to put your shirt on. Um, so then it switches once they get to a certain age and they start to become more independent, autonomous, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. you start to teach about autonomy at that point. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it, it switches to, can I do this? Right? right. So instead of just imposing ourselves on them and saying, uh, come here, I, I need to brush your hair. Uh -huh. You ask, can you come here so I can brush your hair? And we start okay. to make that switch to giving them more of that power over power. their body. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Wow. I just, I wasn't even thinking about that. Like that's, yeah, that's really significant. Like just mm -hmm. starting to see your child as a person, not just as your child. Like, um, and you know, that is really part of being a conscious parent you know yeah. it goes hand in hand like if i'm being conscious of the things that i'm doing with you and how you're feeling about certain things uh then and and i see you as a separate human you know sometimes we we see our children we just see like a, a smaller version of ourselves and you know um we really have to not take that for granted even at at the baby stage like they are not you right? Yeah. You have to look at this person as a separate, totally different human being. And, you know, respect comes from day one. Respect is really about, you know, using the appropriate language with your children and letting them be, or have letting them know that they have the power over the choices that they make, um, because then they have a voice, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to teach our children. Like, so I, I often go back to this, um, not having a voice, you know, as a, as a child. Um, I don't know if it was just something, you know, that my family would say, like, children are not supposed to be heard, they're supposed to be seen, um, seen and not heard. And, and so that stuck with me for a very, very long time. I was a super like shy, shy child. Um, I would, I would be too scared to speak in front of adults. In school, I was a little different where I felt a little more empowered in school. And probably that was because of my teachers, but at home and around family members or around adults period, like I was very, very, very quiet and, um, and very shy. And that carried with me through adulthood. Like even to now, like sometimes I feel like I shouldn't say certain things. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, part of that culture that we need to instill in our children is that they are in charge of themselves, in charge of their reactions, in charge of what they choose is right for themselves. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, that's really, really significant. Thank you for that. Um, you know, part of the, the other thing that I love that you do is like the contracts with being online and stuff like this. I think that's super cool too, because having that, that's an ongoing conversation too, of like what you are, or you're even teaching them to be aware of what kind of information you shouldn't be giving out and stuff like that. And 
you know, these are all the little simple things that we need to talk to our kids about, like things like you were saying, like date of birth or last, last name and stuff like that. Like all of those things are so important. And we, we just don't even think about it because you, it's so simple that you're not even thinking about something like that to talk to your child about. It's not just about, oh, some inappropriate content that they may be seeing. It's also about what people may be asking them and what kind of information they're not even thinking is, is totally um, innocent to just like, you know, say these things. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot that we we don't realize that we need to teach kids when they're going to go online. And mm -hmm. a lot of times people think, well, I'll teach them once they're once they get a device. But that's actually kind of late. Right. Um, we really should be teaching them about online safety way before. Mm -hmm. And there are so many ways and tools that we can use. Like I'm all about the tools. Like I love yes when someone can simplify it for me because I'm a busy mom mm -hmm. and I, you know, whatever can make it easier and effective, you know, we want to make sure that it works. Yeah. I'm all for it. So one of the things that I've learned because my kids are also at the cusp of wanting to get online um, in terms of interacting with other people, right? Because yes. they can be online while, you know, going on a Google search and that's where you have to make sure that, you know, if they come across something that's explicit that they know what to do, that they can come to you and say, this happened, you know, and, or, and to let them know ahead of time what to do if they come across that, right? Yes. Um, I think a lot of people are afraid to, to have those conversations because then that means that they would have to explain to their children what explicit material means, like, you know, whether it's pornography or something else, yeah. then they have to say, well, pornography is sex and but but it's through this lens right and so they're afraid of having those conversations which which i understand but we we can explain it in really simple terms that you know kids aren't sexualized mentally the way that adults understand sex right so mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. think that we have to teach it through this lens that is inappropriate Right. But we don't. We can teach it in a way that is absolutely age appropriate and to give them the tools for what to do. Um, but then when they are going to be interacting with other people, whether it's an online gaming platform or social media, text messages, emails, you know, all of these two way conversations, mm -hmm. that's when we need to really be sure that they understand what safety measures they need to take, that they understand what grooming is, tricky mm -hmm. people, like there's a lot mm -hmm. that goes into it. Um, and right now, especially with COVID, it is critical that parents who have kids that are online are teaching this information because yeah. the rates um, being reported to cyber tip lines or like the National Center of uh, Missing and Exploited Children are reporting crazy rates of, of uh, reports that are coming in. So wow. you know, we're talking about 80%, 106% increases um, wow. of these reports coming in because wow. predators know that parents Everybody's aren't home. equipping their kids. And a lot of parents just hand over a device and don't explain. And so yeah. people are being groomed, they're being exploited. Um, so this is one of the areas that I think is really crucial right now for parents to be aware of and yes. to educating themselves. Yes, yes. Oh my goodness. Wow. I can't even imagine because we're also busy trying to work from home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And so yeah. then you're not even monitoring at the same time. And I'm guilty of it myself. Like, you know, I'm trying to do my thing and, and I, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. Like you think you constantly have an eye out or you're hearing everything, but it's impossible. It's yeah. just 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's why educating kids is so, is so important. It's not just about us being vigilant, mm-hmm. but about educating them. And mm-hmm. you know, like you mentioned, um, I think you were on the Instagram live where I was showing what a media agreement is. And that's, that's a tool that, you know, helps you to know what it is that you need to teach your child, go through it with them, yeah. um, review it regularly, you know, have the conversations regularly, check in with them regularly. So it's, it's a practice, um, mm-hmm. but it's a lot easier than we think. It's just a matter of knowing what we have to do, what we need to do and what we need to teach. So, um, you know, that's why I'm a big proponent of, of tools that can mm-hmm. help. You know, I have tons of tools that I've created to help parents make it a lot easier. And especially because, you know, then you, you're not trying to do all of the research yourself and trying to yeah. figure out because it can feel overwhelming, right? So right. simplifying it, creating tools, um, that's, you know, what I'm all about. Right. And I remember, I mean, just right now when we were talking before we got on, um, you were saying when you had initially started looking for stuff, it was kind of like piecemeal. It wasn't, you know, all put together really nicely somewhere. So, you know, that's why your membership is is great, right? Tell, let us know all about this membership. Tell us why, what yeah. you created. So it's a, it's a membership that has uh, different pieces to it. So depending on where you are in your journey, like you may have already started teaching some stuff, right? So mm-hmm. um, inside of the membership, I have different, uh, like I have a signature course, which is a consent parenting 101. So if you're just getting started, this walks you through exactly what you need to do step mm-hmm. by step um, mm-hmm. with action plans, right? So it's not about, okay, now I know this stuff, what do I have to do? Right. It gives you the exact steps. Um, and then from there, there are different mini courses. So there's lots of information, but it's simplified and it's made in a really actionable way. So you don't ever feel overwhelmed okay. and there's monthly content. So I do coaching calls. Um, I have bonus experts that come in to talk about uh, mental wellness as well, because um, again, I work mostly with survivor parents. Mm-hmm. This is a way for them to make sure that they're managing their triggers, that they are uh, learning techniques for how to stay grounded, how to regulate, you know, those triggers and emotions mm-hmm. um, while they're doing the work of educating yeah. their kids. And there's a community. So that is a really great space where there's other survivors that can support each other where you can ask questions so that, you know, I'm, I'm available for that to connect with all of the members. Um, so it's a really beautiful space that has the resources, the tools, the community support, and then the guidance from not just myself, but other bonus experts that are in there. Um, so you get lots that you can be doing every month to really empower your kids. You know, it's about making sure that they feel like they know what to do um, mm-hmm. if they they're in an unsafe situation, um, how to avoid an unsafe situation. And if they can't, one of the most important pieces is that they know that they, they have different ways to access help so okay. that they never feel trapped and have to go through a repeat situation. Cause that's, um, you know, the worst scenario is a child that is, you know, being abused and they don't have, they don't think that they have a way out and then yeah. this abuse can continue. It to just happen. continues. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that that's amazing. I'm so happy that you do what you do. It's such an important um, platform, I think, for every parent. I'm serious. I mean, every single parent should be following you. They should be following you, get the membership. I think this is just a really nice way for parents to finally feel comfortable and empowered and be able to educate their children and and give your children the tools that they need um but 
this what what you're doing is for me is is amazing but like in the capacity of where like i said as a pediatrician i i always try to give like anticipatory advice to parents but this is so comprehensive what you're doing you know um i just do little by little you know little stages and here and there but what you bring to parents is i mean is priceless it's really priceless to keep your children safe like that um and especially right now with this pandemic everything is so digital we need to teach our children how to stay safe online too yeah yeah exactly thank you well thank you for for your words of support i appreciate that no thank you so much for doing this with me i i appreciate it um but i i my the biggest thing is that i really want parents to get the membership and learn how to speak with their children and empower their children because this is you know just like you said it has to start now like let's not waste another day don't let another day go by um because we all as parents want to keep our children as safe as possible and with the rates going up this is i mean more than ever we need something like this right so thank you so much for getting on the podcast with me thank you so much for the work that you do um and i am a big supporter a big fan and i want you to you know you can reach out to me whenever you need to because i i really um want to try to spread the word as best as i can even with my own colleagues i want them to be able to do better work for our kids like whatever we can do i think you know as healthcare practitioners to keep children safe you know we have to do our part in every step of the way but if we have resources like you where it makes it even easier for us to um learn how to speak to to parents and children better um for me actually in residency i i I did my residency at a program where we had something called a scan unit and you know, that, that was the first time that I was exposed to um, children being sexually abused. And I mean, it was it was traumatizing just watching it as a person from the outside that someone could hurt a child like that. I can't even imagine what the child goes through, the parent. I mean, this is something that they carry for the rest of their life. When you're violated that way, it's yeah. disgusting. It's totally disgusting. Um, and so you know, seeing those, those cases for me, scarred me in such a way that, um, you know, I never want to see anybody hurt like that. Like, yeah. ever. It, it was the, the cases that I saw were pretty brutal, because like I said, we were a scan center. So it was a center where like, all those cases in the area were brought over to us. So mm. whenever an investigation was going on, I, you know, you, you, kind of almost prayed as a resident that you weren't on call um, when those cases come in because you can never forget that. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is. It's horrendous. Um, you know, the, the, the acts that perpetrators can yeah. commit with children. And I know that that's what makes it harder to, to, you know, even think about um, But if we, you know, if we don't like look at the issue, it's just going to keep getting bigger. So yeah. You know, and and I I think that that's why it's important to come at it from a perspective of being empowered mm-hmm. instead of afraid. And yeah. I you know there's so many ways to do that. And as a survivor myself, 
um, you know, taking back, like reclaiming that power is, is part of what makes this work so amazing um, because it could feel really toxic to be, you know, like talking about this all the time, yeah. but to reclaim ourselves um, as survivors and to empower, you know, that for me is like one of the key words is to empower our families. Um, and that's the name of my, my membership. It's called the Empowered Family because we need to, you know, it's like, um, you know, when it comes to online, it's like we want to create a firewall, right, around yes. our kids. Yeah. And we, you know, as a family, we want to put up the defenses that we need so that predators get the warning signals and, yes. and they don't, their kids don't become targets, you know? So yes. um, it is a, it is a horrendous thing, but we can do something to prevent it. And, and we have to do the first step is to like, look at the problem, you know, and then yeah. the next is to take action. Yeah. Well, your work is vital. It really, really is. Um, and you know, I, I want to remind parents too, because sometimes people focus on girls so much, but it's girls and boys, I, you know, yeah. I know that, you know, maybe there's a higher rate with girls, but it, it's girls and boys. I, so don't think that if you have a little boy at home that you're exempt from this because you're not. And, right. and as a matter of fact, teaching them the whole consent culture is also very important for them to learn that, you know, as they grow older, um, you know, I think, you know, it has to be both girls and boys and, and this should be um, the culture at home. Um, but thank you. Thank you again. And Rosalia, please tell everybody where they can find you um, on yeah. Instagram and, and your website and your membership, please. So uh, you can go to consentparenting.com. That's my website. I have uh, tons of free resources there that uh, anyone can, can find. Uh, I'm also very active on Instagram. So Instagram is uh, consent parenting. And I also go on Facebook once a week to do a live. I'm also now doing um, a weekly live in Spanish there as well. So I'm excellent. teaching Spanish. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. I didn't even know that. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I love it. Love it. Keep doing what you're doing, girl. You're amazing. Totally amazing. Thank you so, so much for coming on. I can't even like, honestly, I, I love what you do. I really, 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 really love what you do. Um, so please, everybody go find her, educate yourself, talk to your children. These are important conversations. Don't shy away from it. Just don't, you know, feel empowered so that you can give your children the right tools. So thank you. Thank you, Rosalia. I appreciate you doing this so much. I know you're so busy. <laughs> you I think it's time for, for people who uh, recognize how important this is. So thank you so much for having me and, and sharing your platform for this message. Thank you. Thank you so much. To listen to more podcasts, please visit us at drdavinalopez.com and follow us on Instagram at drdavinalopez. Thank you for listening. Please keep in mind that all advice given in this podcast is general information. To understand your specific situation, you must consult with your pediatrician.